Welcome to She Ready, a show about innovators and curators and the stories behind their movements. We also discuss notions and emotions behind social issues, dish on our latest dating adventures, and talk about personal development. Hashtag self care. I am Amolika, your host, and today we are talking to Ruchi Jaju, a sales and marketing consultant, content writer, and LinkedIn enthusiast based out of Luxembourg. Early on in her career, she spent three years with Hindustan Unilever in their sales department, hoping to get some ground-level knowledge before moving on to marketing. During her tenure, she was the star performer of her department. When she finally decided to transition into marketing, life had some other plans for her. She had to move to Luxembourg. This interview is about how she changed careers in a foreign country, the power of LinkedIn, growth of the freelancing industry, and building an online community for your brand. I had to relocate to Luxembourg at the yeah. very same time <laughs> and that's where uh, all my uh, shift to marketing dreams kind of shattered hmm. and then uh, I kind of had a career break because yeah I, uh, on a maternity break also hmm. that time yeah so it, it, it was like uh, one and a half year two years break for me I was focusing on uh, raising up my child that was the very clear focus that I wanted to focus yeah. on him first Hmm. And uh, then once he's like one and a half, two years old. Yeah, priorities so, were different. Start, yes, yeah. yeah, my priorities that time were very different. So I started looking out for jobs here uh, once he was gone past that age. Yeah. And um, I realized that uh, it's, it's not that easy to get a job in a, <laughs> uh, in a country outside India because yes. then there are work permit issues. Yes, So even true. if you are qualified, even if you have the experience, uh, you are still uh, not in the priority list of their hiring of the recruiters because uh, you you are a third country national mm. as simple as that Correct. and in, in that's where i thought that okay if i am not able to reach recruiters via my uh, like emails then there has to be some other way that Correct. i should be reaching out to them and yes. that's where i started writing on linkedin i started sharing my experiences there and from there, yeah, life changed. So now I'm mm-hmm. on a different trajectory altogether. <laughs> I'm freelancing right now and I'm very happy with whatever I'm doing right now. Right. So you, like you mentioned that you moved to Luxembourg and it mm-hmm. is difficult for a lot of people who relocate to different countries mm-hmm. to get jobs. And so what, what uh, do you have any tips on how people can do it because you've been doing it. So right. when you actually moved to Luxembourg, what are the hardships that you face professionally and mm-hmm. how did you overcome them? Okay. So uh, as I mentioned earlier, like the biggest uh, challenge or the hurdle before me was the work permit. Hmm. And that was something beyond my control. I could hmm. not have done anything to change the government policies of a particular country. Hmm, That's right. something beyond control of everyone. Yes. And it happens with most of the de- uh, spouses who go on dependent visas or like family hmm. visas. Yes. So that you're yes. not allowed to work in that country. But then uh, the good part is, uh, which, which probably like most of the people don't explore is that the freelancing option is always available to uh, everyone. Hmm. Mm. irrespective of wherever you are located in the world. So you have the opportunity to uh, work as a freelancer. You can like now I am uh, sitting in Luxembourg, but I'm working with clients across. I have, I have worked with clients in the US. I work with clients in the Europe market as well. And Lovely. I work here uh, remotely for an Indian creative agency. 
Hmm. So it's it's kind of it has opened multiple doors for me. Yeah, LinkedIn played a very important role in uh, what I've been doing so far, and what has helped me achieve whatever I've achieved and create a personal mm-hmm. brand, small small personal <laughs> brand for myself. So I started writing content on LinkedIn, hmm. not uh, for the intention or for uh, of of. Uh, like becoming a content writer that was nowhere in the picture altogether my only intention at that point of time uh, to be on linkedin was to reach out to recruiters in a meaningful way and uh, you know make them realize that there is some person known as ruchi jaju right. who is writing uh, or who knows about a particular uh, set of business that she is doing hmm. the work that she has done so i, I yes. had a uh, FMCG sales experience. So at that point of time, I was uh, in fact applying for jobs in a similar kind of domain because mm-hmm. it it matched the uh, skills and the eligibility criteria, the job description, whatever. So I uh, accordingly I started just sharing my sales experiences in form of like sales tips and uh, how you can do negotiations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's how started my LinkedIn journey. And uh, eventually uh, i i started getting offers for uh, content writing hmm. so that Interesting. was something yeah so that was something that even i didn't think of hmm. and it came uh, as unexpected to me so i thought yeah. okay why not try this side as well yeah. it could be a good uh, source of pocket money to say so hmm. till that time that's what i thought <laughs> because yeah. i was still focusing on getting a Uh, sales or marketing job, job. Yeah. yeah a job a full time full time job to say yeah. so things change and now i'm freelancing full time and linkedin has helped me in 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 getting the visibility hmm. that i wanted right how do you think the freelancer industry has changed in the past say 5 years because gig economy is the new buzzword and right. with covid coming into play a lot of people have started reaching out to freelancers uh, right. they understand the concept of remote working better uh yeah. and i feel like a lot of millennials are into freelance writing because a lot of us don't believe in staying in having staying in office from 9 to 5 we feel yeah. like we can be productive anywhere we can be productive in our home office we just mm-hmm. need um the tool we just need some certain tools it could be a laptop it could be a software it could be certain tools that sure. we need to get the job done sure. and we feel like we uh, on freelancer there's a lot of power of autonomy i don't have a boss i don't have someone micromanaging me so yes. um i think there's been a lot of positive change in the freelancer industry in the past say 5 years and especially in the past one or two years True. but how do you since you've been a freelancer for such a long time how mm-hmm. do you think the industry has changed in the past 5 years so yeah as you rightly said uh, it has changed considerably and for the good for the good of the freelancers <laughs> only so when we talk about freelancers people usually um, think like because i'm of uh, belong to a content domain so people usually associated that okay freelancers uh, are mainly into content writing so there are other niche available as well so you could be a freelance graphic designer you can be a video creator yes. you can be a developer it developer or a consultant what not so there are um, myriad options are available for freelancers as yeah. well and there have been uh, platforms uh, like uh, fiverr or freelancer or upwork uh, yeah. which have been running for quite a long time uh, which have provided a platform for freelancers 
but uh, i i believe that these uh, platforms are like kind of uh, redundant now or obsolete so because they've reached their threshold limit now okay. it's more about um, linkedin quora reddit instagram mm. so every freelancer is now uh, using the power of these social media platforms to showcase their work directly mm. so there is no middle middleman middle sort of middleman yeah. in so yeah. these platforms so that's one aspect of the freelancer community that yeah it has given uh, them uh, power it has given them autonomy it has given them uh, opportunity to directly interact with the uh, client yeah right the clients yeah the yes. decision makers to say so right yes right? yes the clients also have now uh, have adopted a positive outlook towards freelancers and more so after this covid outbreak now they have uh, not that before they weren't doing that <laughs> but <laughs> but now it has become like uh, the need of the art because everybody is cutting down on cost and they cannot have like full time resources That's and true. because they don't even need full time resources because their end clients also do not have that much of bandwidth to provide them business right now so everyone is now eyeing towards freelancers who can work on projects from a fix for a certain time period and yeah. that offers the flexibility for both of them and it's a very win it's a, it's a win win situation for both the parties actually clients have also started uh, respecting freelancers mm. with the way uh, the outlook has changed and uh, the freelancers have also at the same time they have raised their standard they've raised their bar by actually bringing on professional attributes to their work that's true like professionalism has so earlier uh, the mentality used to be like that freelancers they don't really provide quality work or you don't know about how authentic they are or yeah, how correct. credible they are because you don't know about the person now right. with all these uh, thankfully all these social media platforms and you are available everywhere so even the clients can have the visibility they can go through your credentials everything is out there on social media they can read about you whatever they can read your content or whatever you are putting they can read about your testimonials they can have a look at your uh, interactions the way you deal so the interpersonal skills on these platforms which are kind of hidden or indirect hmm that that plays a very important role also in gaining that credibility right and that's uh, important yeah and like you mentioned about freelancers uh, being a lot more professional than they used to be and i also feel like like you said freelancers now get to uh, directly be in touch with decision makers with stakeholders and also because they are involved with so many different companies or agencies organizations doing a uh, very project level uh, jobs they right. are able to uh have a better portfolio because they've been involved in different projects rather than working with one office one agency right. and doing the same sort of work that right. involved with different people and because they're talking to different agencies and different stakeholders they understand the industry a lot better and i feel exactly. like someone who would be working in just one office and dealing with those same 10 people the freelancer is dealing with a lot of different people and a lot of different stakeholders on different levels and i exactly. feel that is also how they're able to provide a lot of value to their client because they have so much of knowledge and yes. now they exactly know whom they're talking to if they they, are, they know if that how to speak to a certain uh, stakeholder it could be a manager it could be a ceo it could be the founder of a company because they've True. had different interactions with so many different people 
and you also said uh, made a very interesting point which i had actually not realized up until now how obsolete fiverr and upwork and all of these yeah. websites have become and they've become very redundant and so many people don't want a middleman anymore cuz i as a freelancer might feel that i can actually go and showcase my work on instagram if i'm a graphic designer i can just showcase True. my work on instagram and then someone might approach me and there will be no middleman cutting a certain percentage out of my work uh right. and this is something that i've experienced when i was out looking for freelancers even though i did see people on upwork or fiverr and i did reach out to them i feel like the people i reached out to on social media it was easier to interact with them also because i am already well aware with how instagram works i might exactly. not be very well aware with how upwork works when will i log True. into it or how can where can i see messages where can i see their portfolio and i also True. feel like people whom i reached out to on social media platforms um they were more prompt with the responses again because they you were constantly on social media for different reasons for upwork exactly. or for that one reason you call yourself a linkedin enthusiast yeah. and i have uh, seen your work on linkedin and that's how i think a lot of people have been introduced to your work so, so you do you really think that link i think that linkedin has really changed the game for freelancers and how people get in touch with them what are your views on that so yes for me linkedin has been a really i mean a major contributor in what i am doing today Hmm. it is it has been a primary catalyst in defining my uh, <laughs> current professional trajectory if i can say so yeah so it has provided me the opportunity to showcase my work to the world and establish a small personal brand for myself hmm um, i can connect with like minded people and engage with them so it has uh, offered me that opportunity to directly interact with multiple people in the across globe you can also interact or network with cxos founders co-founders right, of organizations right. which earlier uh, wasn't possible and then yes of course uh, the biggest uh, game changer here for me uh, for uh, if i talk about linkedin was it gave me inbound leads right. for my work and what better than inbound leads that one can ask for <laughs> you don't have to spend a single penny on marketing or yeah. selling your services surprisingly you know not a lot of people actually use linkedin that efficiently still a lot of people think that That's linkedin true. is just for job search right linkedin is not yeah. monster or nokri.com or any other <laughs> job portal for that matter hmm. it's, it's it's not a, a recruitment platform anymore which was like earlier yeah. maybe a, a five or seven years back used to be like that now it's 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 like a content there's so much more to it yeah there's so much, so much more, more to, to it. it i mean yeah. you'll be surprised to know that there are over like uh, 600 million users uh, on linkedin but there is only 0.5% of people who actually do content creation on linkedin on a daily wow. basis which is like like which is like uh, 30 million people hmm. only hmm. so uh, from that 610 million people there is only right. 30 million to do that and so there is so much of opportunity for people to actually showcase their work it could be in any form yeah you don't have to be like a content writer for that matter you could be a developer you could be a consultant of hr or sales or marketing or any particular domain you could right. be a student for that matter students can leverage it so much to get internships in colleges right so much more that you can explore to it is it's just like people don't realize the power of this platform uh, for now and there's That's still true. a lot of 
opportunity so currently i mean I, uh, it's it's linkedin now is like facebook it was 10 years back as people say that mm-hmm. facebook when a decade back everyone used to be on facebook now kind of facebook is kind of dead yeah and, <laughs> i and feel like now, only older generations are now using yes, facebook very yes. actively it's not millennials or like gen z who is actually gen on z facebook don't really use it yes. yeah millennials also use it i mean they use yeah. on a uh, facebook groups are very powerful for that matter Mm-hmm. Uh, selected Facebook groups are really uh, powerful. People uh, do a lot of marketing. They build a community because uh, uh, if I compare like LinkedIn groups uh, okay. versus Facebook groups, then it will always be Facebook groups which would stand out because uh, it has built a strong community. For some matter, for whatever it could be, the interface, it could be the notifications as well because you really don't get the notifications on linkedin groups so that's that, true yeah. i don't know why <laughs> so you never get an opportunity to interact with people and uh, uh, in most of the linkedin groups i've seen people just just sell blatantly their products or services it's hmm. like a cold pitch altogether which nobody hmm, is really yeah. interested on that platform that's true so. hmm. nobody wants to get hit hard by a sales <laughs> pitch uh, uh, news feed yeah and facebook it's more facebook groups are more about interaction with the community they are more about problem solving if you observe carefully in each of the facebook groups you'll notice okay. that there are looking for solutions people themselves start ask, asking for solutions that okay i'm looking for xyz hmm. product or service and then people start right. interacting and sharing their experiences with each other and that's how somebody pops up abc company to them hmm. that maybe you can try this or maybe you can try that and even organizations who are leveraging uh, facebook groups are more so to build a community uh, around it mm-hmm. and and to and and then leverage the power of community Uh, to get a brand association with the people uh, so that kind of building a certain loyalty and advocacy and all those things uh, within the community so that it helps and gain more people uh, more new clients or prospects right right so uh, when you say building a community how can how can someone efficiently build a community especially if you don't have already have an audience because i feel like a lot of people uh my especially there if in the new in the business they might not know how to do that really true so do you true, have true. any so what how do you think one can do that so what what one can do is the first and the foremost thing what happens with any community building is mm. you don't have to start selling your product or service from day one mhm that's that's the key criteria because it turns you off okay you know it completely turns you off i mean uh, just just try recalling all those uh, annoying phone calls that you receive for credit cards <laughs> and all those things yeah. i mean you pick up the call and the person blatantly starts speaking about their xyz credit card offer and you're really not interested in that Mm-hmm. so the same thing happens on social media as well so whenever mm-hmm. you build any community don't just start uh, you know uh, doing uh, cold sales and okay. don't hit them so hard on their face okay yeah. <laughs> let it go gradually so start uh, addressing their problems first okay is the first thing that you have to do so because any product or service that you're offering you might have done the basic market research that's right. why you particular product or service that's the solution that you are offering to the people hmm. Hmm. so start with 
addressing that pain point just start with storytelling approach and tell how your product or service has helped some other person in their lives or in their business in achieving xyz uh, in their lives and gradually uh, start creating a community by interacting with them you know it's it's okay. very important to interact with the community it's not uh, it it does not have to be a monologue so whenever you create a community it always has to be a dialogue right otherwise that's true the essence of the community is gone yeah right? it's, yeah it has to be a democracy and not a dictatorship <laughs> so rightly said so the primary advice that i'd like to give here that you have to interact and respect their opinions uh, ask them questions as many as you can because if you ask them questions that's how you'll get responses from people bigger organizations if i talk about organization multinationals like unilever uh they have like each brand has a different uh, community on okay. uh, you have they have different page on facebook or facebook not sure of the other na- uh, platforms that each brand has a different uh, page dedicated to it and they they ask uh, questions there are like you call it user generated content right mm-hmm. so on social media people people the brands uh, use that technique so that there is more user generated content they put in posts they put uh, they put in polls they put in uh, quizzes so yeah. that people are interacting with your brand and they mm. never say that buy dove or buy uh, red label or buy surf excel <laughs> you know just to, to to give you an example or context of what i'm trying to say is mm. don't don't sell your products there simple mm. as that the community mm. building aspect uh, revolves okay. around it that you have to have to interact with the people and not sell your product yeah okay so your ma- major take away from here is that don't uh, directly go and sell your product or your service take suggestions take their opinions and maybe in a storytelling format later you can sort of slide in your product or offering or maybe yes. just use their uh, opinions and feedback to make your product or service better and right. just engage with them they should feel like they're not talking to a brand manager they should feel like they're talking to an individual who has this thing on the side which can help them with their problems uh coming back to linkedin um mm-hmm. i see a lot of articles uh from freelancers in mm-hmm. in which they say some of them really struggle on uh, creating their own rate card or i see a lot of content writers actually saying that uh, a lot of uh, clients potential clients come to them saying that one uh, one word equal one rupee mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh this tactic is very famous especially here in india um uh, right. wh- how do you think a freelancer can actually set their rates how do they know what is the market rate and according to their own uh, credentials and work how can they set their own rate card okay so it's 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 a very interesting question firstly <laughs> and it's the most debated question in the content writing community across uh, i mean at least in india that i am sure of yeah. and people across the world resonate with it because there are uh, as you rightly said that there is a price per word model which is like very famous hmm. and uh, but then i i personally feel that it has a lot of drawbacks because i've seen a newbie or amateur writers for just beginning their careers and they stuff a lot of unnecessary words in between just to you know get yeah, uh, advantage of that yes. per word costing yes. yes right so which is kind of unfair because then you are not uh, doing quality work to say mm, so if you're right. just stuffing in words the content has to be such that you can put it in 
as less words as possible Hmm. Make, make it as crisp as possible as crisp as possible as simple as that because people don't have the time actually to go through long form of content these days right that's why social media is actually picking up that's why platforms like twitter or instagram for that matter have picked up because it's it's uh, people have a very short attention span hmm. these days and that's why it, it the short form of content is dominating so um, now coming back again to the pricing uh, point of it how do you actually price or how do you actually know what's the value of the content that you're delivering mm-hmm. it, it comes by experience okay to be very honest here mm-hmm. so when i started writing initially even i didn't have a clue and even i used to work on per word uh, pricing initially because it was a new market for me altogether right, right. i never understood so it happens with everyone so i initially started off with a uh, per word pricing but the good thing at least what i did was uh, uh, i started off at least for like 1 rupee per word right mm, that's mm. the that's the bare that's a standard set for yeah. that's a standard but um, you know actually you'll be surprised to know that in india even that's not the standard i know people who work for as less as 20 paisa per word oh, so word. the standards yes because in india what happens is there is a lot of the supply and demand uh, balance is like mm-hmm. skewed you know mm-hmm. there oh, is abundance yeah. of supply and there is fewer demand right so you, so it's a client dominated market here mm-hmm. especially in content writing mm-hmm. so you don't get to uh, as a content writer i mean if you are new in the market so you cannot work on your terms and conditions mm-hmm. you have to work on the terms and conditions of the client right so you need to understand that with time and even if you start writing you know two or three articles or blogs to begin with you will eventually realize what kind of worth your uh, content is whenever you read any good quality content you can make out you know there is there are something on some articles or blogs which you read and you find wow what an amazing piece of work it is yeah. because if it has a lot of research in it it has a lot of data in it so even if it's a 600 or an 800 word blog with with a lot of information you will like it more than a thousand or a 1200 word article that's true does not have any uh, statistics or anything new that you learned mm-hmm. so you cannot fill it uh, with fluff so yeah so the per word costing actually does not work here that well so what i suggest people is usually for me uh, per uh, project costing works mm. well so i charge uh, clients per project so the project could be even a blog the project could be uh, like a series of blogs it could be single blog it could be script writing xyz so there are so many things in content writing that you can do also right mm-hmm. but i charge them on the basis of uh, for which sector are you writing and if i am that skilled enough in that sector would i have to spend more time in the research work because That's it's not true. when it comes to writing it's not just writing words it's about the research work as well which which takes a lot of time uh, like for me the research is more important than the writing part for industries or uh, niche or sectors that i haven't uh, written any uh, article before because mm-hmm. you need to have an understanding of who you are writing it for no the yeah. client uh wants you to deliver article for their customer you know for their end customers so yeah. it has to be a value addition for them it's not like you are writing a normal uh, school essay mm-hmm. 
yeah different thing altogether yeah. the, uh, yeah. the purpose of content writing for most of the cases now it's you are looking for some sort of conversion mm-hmm. from your content So mm-hmm. the conversion could be in form of an ebook download. The conversion could be in form of a website visit. The conversion okay. could be in form of actually uh, making a sales happen. The conversion could yes. be uh, booking that consultation call with yeah. your, uh, you know, uh, with with the client. So mm-hmm. it could be anything. But the end goal is actually with every piece of content, you want the end customers to narrow down in your sales funnel. like yeah. uh, it's not a content website but i really like uh, this uh, agency creative agency the minimalist okay they put like really good uh, content yeah. out there so they put like witty one liners hmm. or uh, the social media posts are really interesting so it's it's kind of the content that they actually uh, with the content they are attracting the prospects towards mm-hmm. your business Mm-hmm. so that's the end goal that you have to keep in mind as a content writer and that helps in deciding what value would you charge right uh, also a lot depends on what scale of organization it is so it varies from company to company you know you just cannot keep a standard price for every organization if it's a startup it's a small scale organization you know they are very tight on budgets yes. already yes. there is no rocket science for you to guess that unless yeah they are funded by some good we really good vc yeah. and yes yes yeah yes. so if it's a funding then probably they'll have a slightly more uh, you know spending power so yeah. you have to keep all those factors in mind while uh, pitching uh, your services as a content writer mm-hmm. then you can always play with uh, bigger clients in terms of the value offering then you can keep it keep it flexible so it's the uh, overall effort that goes in behind uh, putting a content piece so mm-hmm. yeah very good model would be um, like how many hours are you devoting for that work yes so that that really helps in deciding so if you can uh, decode on a hourly price that would be the best if i okay. to suggest to any okay. content writer or aspiring writers but then that comes with practice and experience if you True. have like if you don't have the visibility if you have if you're new into the market and you've just started writing so you cannot decide an hourly price based on five or 10 projects mm-hmm. you will at least require 25 to 30 projects to get an idea of yeah see this much time actually goes in for me to research yeah. write x kind of because there are different buckets of content as well true as i mentioned that you write blogs you write articles you write uh, people even pay for quora answers you write wow uh, i did not book. know that that's interesting that's yes. super interesting so <laughs> you even people uh, now pay for uh, linkedin profile uh, you know uh, there's a linkedin yeah Le- linkedin i've heard on. yes yes so each form of content is different so you have to you know bucket uh, your uh, time in that and see how much time you spend uh, in each of these categories because every person like is has unique skills and expertise mm-hmm. for you and me also i may be good maybe writing sales and marketing content because that's why i mean that's what i've been doing yes so i have an upper hand in that but if you ask me to write an article for <laughs> like a, a fintech or a finance core finance industry i may not be able to do justice to it yeah. i would require yeah. more research in that so mm. unless i have done my research and i know 
uh, the the target audience and i know I, i understand the service and the product portfolio i won't be able to do justice to that content piece mm-hmm. so as simple as that so it varies from that it is really flexible so there's no um, you know one size fits all strategy here that yes. works and yeah. you have to experiment here and keep keep uh, just to get an idea of what the benchmark is the content engage with the fellow co- uh, content writers okay community okay and that will also help you get an idea of uh, what the market rates are i am a part of a community where there is a set rule that okay nobody will take in any project which is like uh-huh. in a rupee per word i mean mm-hmm. i personally don't take per word uh, costing but then there are yes. people who do uh, per word costing as well which is fine if it works for them it's great but it doesn't work for me for some reason i find it uh, uh, i don't think it's I a sustainable it, price model it's exactly. not a sustainable it's, it's price sustainable model sustainable price model plus i find it really unfair actually to both the parties like mm-hmm. forward costing really doesn't work that well you can very well go with a lump sum costing for a 600 800 word blog so that works mm-hmm. out well so it doesn't matter if you have written 601 words or 801 word yeah. it won't cost you for that extra <laughs> one rupee <laughs> extra uh, word that i put in but then a lump sum costing works here interact with your clients openly and okay. don't uh, because most of the time what happens is uh, also is uh, the clients take leverage of you because they say that okay if you not do it somebody else would do it you know so yeah. you also need to understand how you value yourself if you know that your work is quality work it should mm-hmm. not bother you if the client is going away from you mm-hmm. you know Yes. and but if if there is something you think so that it is a good portfolio that you can ha- add uh, i mean it's a good work that you can add to your portfolio go ahead with it even if you can do it at a 10 20% uh, lower cost than your routine cost there's no harm because then you can add something new which is not there in your portfolio that's right that's right yeah take uh, a price hit for one project out. and exactly. then uh, right you can always balance new. it out in other works you know Yes, but you don't have to accept every demand that your clients make. You make quite a lot of interesting points. Like <laughs> hourly rate is good. Talking to fellow community, to other freelancers in whichever industry you belong to, is something that uh, you can do. So these are different things that maybe a new freelancer in any industry can do to uh, really uh, decide their rates, their rate card. um right. like you said that everyone has a different skill or expertise like you are in ma- sales and marketing that's your forte mm-hmm. you know how to do that very well and yeah. with uh, your writing i've noticed it's very chatty it's very uh, sometimes nice and casual and funny light yeah. you really infuse storytelling in all of your articles so i think that is sort of your is that your usp would you say that that sort of writing I is your usp think so yes i think so uh because uh, that's how i've been because i i like to write the way that i communicate to my friends like the way now i'm communicating with you yeah that's my way of writing as well i like to keep it engaging is nobody mm-hmm. would write to like so even my <laughs> writing has to be like a dialogue form of writing so yeah. it cannot be when I, i i like to put in questions in between uh, the different uh, paragraphs that i write so that uh, because when you read particular when you read something it's 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 always a monologue right when you yeah. read it, it's a monologue it's it's like the other the reader is talking to you but then there is nothing unless uh, a question comes up or there is something which is striking which makes you think something uh, it will not hit you 
Hmm. It will not connect with you as a reader, right? Yeah. So that's how I try to operate. Uh, maybe it's natural. I don't do it deliberately. Mm-hmm. So I, I use a lot of questions. I try to keep it candid and casual, and make it feel like that I'm talking to a friend. I don't mm-hmm. use. I, I don't like putting in like heavy words. Yeah. Use very simple vocabulary. I I rarely use like uh, mm-hmm. big words. This uh, or big words or yeah. I can't do. Like Shashi Tharoor language. No, no, no. That's that's not me at all. The Shashi Tharoor language. So the the intention of uh, the writing has to be that the reader can easily make out what you're trying to say. If you put in that extra effort for the reader to go out and check for what the meaning of that word is, the yeah. whole agenda uh, is killed. Yeah. Right. So make it like really simple. So that's that's probably. has been my usp that yeah, i keep try to keep it simple i try to keep it engaging mm-hmm. i try to keep it as friendly as possible and i i like i mean especially on my linkedin whenever i post i like to uh, end it with some sort of question so that i yeah. like uh, so that people actually respond to what i've written it's not mm. like i don't want to they've just written like it they've liked it yes. and they've moved put, on there is some sort of engagement factual, yes. yes i don't want to put a factual post that okay mm. because if it's a fact then it's it's as friendly as possible and i i like i mean especially on my linkedin whenever i post i like to uh, end it with some sort of question so that i yeah. like uh so that people actually respond to what i've written it's not hmm. like i don't want to they've just written like it they've liked it yes. and they've moved on put, there is some sort of engagement factual yes. yes i don't want to put a factual post that okay hmm. because if it's a fact then it's it's, it's as good as a news uh, new brief right yeah. you're just putting out information and you don't want to hear anything from me yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't for me when i put something on linkedin i want to hear what the other people have to say about it yeah so that's that's how i try to uh, incorporate or end uh, with a question to all my uh, linkedin posts most of them i ask yeah. people that share in your thoughts share in your experiences or what do you feel about xyz that i've written feel yeah. free to you know agree disagree but i want some kind of engagement so that hmm. the people are actually you know uh, i'm interacting and that's when yes. once you have that engagement then automatically you get uh, the relationship building aspect into hmm. your connections yes so yes so it's not restricted to just your connections then then you uh, go a level higher and then you interact when you start interacting them uh, with your connections like on a one to one level except of your uh, interaction in your in in your social media um, platforms yeah. so it could be linkedin it could be twitter it could be instagram it could be anything mm-hmm. and of course you have to showcase your work in some or the yeah. other way so right. you, you can share your project links you can share your uh, design work or mm-hmm. anything yeah. or if you're a writer then of course you can share your writing portfolio in some or the other form so yeah that that, that can help Okay, I think you've really mastered the art of using LinkedIn, and I also, uh, even when I am using LinkedIn, I see a lot of people who are trying to approach uh, other people on LinkedIn. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe uh, they want to reach out to their idol, their mentor, or uh, right. someone they want them if they want a particular individual to be their mentor, or it mm-hmm. could be a client. But I see right. that they are not whatever they are sending is not uh, relevant. relevant or appropriate. it's not appropriate or it's just uh, i mean why would the reader be interested in listening or 
uh, reading their message it could be a uh, for even for job recru- uh, for jo- getting jobs yeah. a lot of people are like do you have jobs how do you it's, think it's, people it's like, can it's use it's too uh, hard on the face yeah like you said like co- like cold cold sales pitch like on your face yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. how do you think people uh, can use linkedin effectively in general if they want to uh, grow their connections if they want to have more connections if they want to sell their product or service or just mm-hmm. looking out mm-hmm. for jobs how can right. they use uh, linkedin very effectively so the key to uh, you know do use linkedin effectively is personalization mm-hmm. uh so you have to have a little personalized touch to your message to your approach so say suppose you are looking out to reach to a recruiter mm-hmm. for for a job yeah so just imagine that you are a recruiter and there would be so many people who would reach out to the recruiter asking for a job yeah what different have you done hmm. you've done nothing <laughs> different so, the, so yeah. as simple as that it will not catch the eye of the recruiter if mm-hmm. you're just asking for a job mm-hmm. rather try engaging with the recruiter first interact with the recruiter first it could be anything you know you use some kind of personalization and uh, incorporate some human touch in your interaction so that the person feels that you're kind of a friend you're talking to them and then go deep asking about that hey you know i have done xyz work in this organization and i'm looking for a job now and do you think do you have in your organization uh, you have any opening right now or if you do have then you can directly you know ask them that hey i noticed in your organization that you have an opening for uh, uh, xyz profile and i would be really interested in applying for uh, for the same i think i have a good experience but all that comes in once you have done the initial homework yeah doing relationship building so yeah. so what, the way you can start so i in fact today only i did a, a linkedin post on uh, personalized emails and messages emails oh. was the core focus but okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh, the, the core is here uh, personalization so you have to make it stand out you have to make it unique personalized and it should actually make the other person feel that you know you have done some research about what they do the first yeah. message never has to be your uh, product or uh, service pitch there okay. that uh, our organization offers xyz yeah. you don't even uh, actually haven't really interacted with the person on the other side yeah. and you're blatantly putting across your yeah. sales message yeah. does not make any sense a good way if you are into sales and what you can actually uh, do is if you are into say suppose you're reaching out to a business person right they have a website and you're a website developer mm-hmm. you're doing sales for a website development organization and how how do you actually go about pitching to that person could be as simple as that that you go to the profile of uh, the prospect yeah on linkedin check yeah. their profile what they have done know about uh, know a bit about their business and uh, then go back to the personal message there or the direct message and you know you can simply start by uh, giving suggestions to them hey i visited your website and i found this this thing really nice and there are a few things which i think you can work upon or could be done better that wow. will help you get more clients yeah and that will help you get more conversions from mm. for your business so the end goal for any website also for most of the things is that people should get on the website and they should uh, 
come back to you for business right mm-hmm. that's that's what yeah. most businesses do i mean you need to have a digital presence so that people know that yeah. you are there as a business yeah but you need to get some sales out of it that's why you are there on online right yeah so so that's how you can actually address their pain point at a time and that's that opens up the communication because uh, when you start giving them suggestions without them asking that's where you make the other person feel that you know this person has gone an extra mile yes. to do a research about me yes. then it it deserves at least a minute of my time to respond at least mm, in thank you that's right even that's if i right. don't need i would say thank you so much for your time and it it was really nice of you to to suggest these things and if the person is actually needing that service by by that particular point of time it could so happen that the person may reach out to you also yeah. you left a good impression you left a yes, good impression that, by doing because that. you left a good impression simple as yes. that you asked for something which they actually uh, sorry you suggested something which they didn't really ask for yeah But and then you also provided advice, them a solution with it like right, you addressed an exactly. issue you provided a solution and in that solution also involves you and your service so exactly it's so good it has for both to parties. be a solution it has to yeah. be a solution based approach and mm-hmm. not uh, like you know a core pitch uh, cold, cold pitch there yes and you you're just blatantly selling your product <laughs> or so like no no uh offer them solution first offer them suggestion first even without them asking for it that mm-hmm. will help you earn more respect and mm-hmm. get a better uh, response, response rate, rate. So. <laughs> yeah okay great i think uh, everyone who's been listening so far has learned a lot i'm going to ask you two fun mm-hmm. questions before okay. we actually sign off what's your current fixation i think my current fixation is still linkedin <laughs> <laughs> I am so fixated to this platform, uh, but I'm thinking to venture into other social media platforms as well. Yeah, I think you'll be able to build a build a good audience on every platform. I think you're really I good at that. So. And I think all your skills, your skill, your sales skill, I think really help you in actually or uh, doing that, and also the experience that you've had over these years on. establishing yourself in a different country building a different audience i think that will really help in creating an audience on every platform thank you so yeah. much <laughs> another question yeah if there was one rumor that you could spread about yourself what would that be oh my god that's a difficult one <laughs> Ma- say it manifest it say it out into the universe so that it actually happens mm, <laughs> say i work for some big celebrity client for Ooh. now is it is what i would like it to be yeah it, well, it could be a good add on to your profile right being a freelancer yeah. working with a celebrity client uh, yeah. maybe a top uh, hmm. uh, cricket person like in, yeah. in india the cricket yeah. is, cricket is interesting ultimate game yeah. so maybe a top uh, cricketer um, not so much into bollywood so <laughs> please remember so, me when you get in touch with that, that celebrity athlete so that uh, <laughs> you know i can also do something <laughs> for sure <laughs> we can collaborate on that yeah um, please i'll do, i'll even get you chai if you want to like in terms of collaboration i'll do anything just to Perfect. be around <laughs> you mentioned chai so nothing less than that i'm a chai lover <laughs> part of this rumor actually came true post recording this podcast uh, ruchi is working on a very exciting project you should go check out her linkedin to see more updates 
You can find us on Instagram at she ready podcast. I post a lot of behind the scenes stuff, bloopers and sometimes fun memes. You can email me at she ready podcast at gmail.com. Please rate and review and if you do like my content, please subscribe. Thank you for tuning in and see you next week.